come on, put those hands together and give God some praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you are wondering what love looks like, that's what love, that's what love looks like. I know as a, as a father, it's my intention, particularly for my daughter, to set a high bar as to what love should look like. But I want you to know that Jesus did that for each and every one of us. You don't have to accept less. I wish I had help here. You don't have to accept less. God showed you how you should be loved. Greater man had no man than to love, had no man than to lay down his life for a friend. Somebody point at three people and say, that's love. That's love. That's love. That's what love looks like. in the house of the Lord. We're certainly grateful to each of you for coming and sharing on this morning. We praise God for you. We say happy Resurrection Sunday. Happy Easter to each and every one of you. Amen. This is a celebration because God, he is not no longer in the grave. Amen. We say, somebody asked the question, why do, you, why do they call it Good Friday? They didn't start calling it Good Friday until after Sunday. Let me give that to you. They, the reason you can call it Good Friday, why he's being crucified, is because you understand what happened on Sunday. When you know that he arose from the grave, he didn't stay there on the cross, but he arose and came back for the propitiation of our sins. I can call Friday good because I know what happened on Sunday. Somebody say, I know what happened on Sunday. Sister Didi back there, used to, we sang in the youth choir, we sang, he arose. He arose from the grave. And he said, because we know what happened that he got up, we can, we can, we can go ahead and celebrate the crucifixion. We can celebrate his suffering because we know he did not stay there, but he arose. Somebody say he arose. Hallelujah. And I'm so glad. Can't testify for you, but I can testify for myself. I can say that I'm so glad that he arose. And they say he rose with all power. And they say that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, he abides in each and every one of us. So I came to tell somebody, we, we share all the time here at Bright Temple, point at somebody new and tell them you have a resurrection in you. You have a resurrection in you. You have a comeback in you. You can't be buried. You can only be planted because the spirit of Jesus that raised him from the grave is still abiding in each and every one of us. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise for that. Hallelujah. We are going quickly to the word of the Lord and you will find us in Matthew chapter 28.
But before that, I want to celebrate our, our young people and our praise team on this morning. Amen. A magnificent, amen, magnificent, wonderful, beautiful selection of song and our young people coming. Amen. It's not easy standing in front of you. Amen. Because some of you, you don't have the most pleasant of faces. You make sour expressions. Amen. And nothing impresses you. <laughs> but I praise God for our young people who came and participated. And I thank God for them standing. Amen. And doing something positive for the Lord on this morning. Amen. They could be anywhere else. But we praise the Lord that they are here, they are with us, and that they are sharing with us. Amen. In our celebration of God's Christ's resurrection. Again, if you'll follow me in Matthew chapter 28, and we'll be looking at verses 1 through 6. Matthew 28, verses 1 through 6. And I'm going to say this for these people who know me. Oh, well, I should say it for the benefit of the people who don't know me. Those who know me, this is a special day. This is a special occasion. Amen. But we're not going to try and preach an hour. Amen. We're going to give you what God has said. Amen. And so you, what I'm telling you is that you don't have time. Some of you, I don't know what church you go to. Amen. But you don't have time to take a nap, wake up, and say amen. Because <laughs> I'll be finished, and you might be in here by yourself. <laughs> so stay with us, and we're going to say what the Lord has said on this morning. Amen. Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 through 6. And the word of the Lord says in the English Standard Version, Now after the Sabbath... Toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, do not be afraid. For I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. Somebody said, let me say, he is not here. He is not here for he has risen. As he said, come see the place where he lay. Heavenly Father, in the next few moments, Lord, allow us to recognize the import, import of this destiny moment. Let our heart, our minds, our spirits be open and receptive to what you have to say to us. Lord, allow your word to push us toward your promises to illuminate the path of destiny that you have designed for each and every one of us. And most of all, Lord, do not allow us to leave this moment unchanged. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Our thought for the morning is simple. He is not here. Say that again with me. He is not here. So when we, we, we find, we, we, this is Resurrection Sunday, so we're not really talking or focusing on the incidents of the cross. We're talking about Jesus resurrected, and we're talking about the incidents that gave rise to him being resurrected and returning. But what we know, and I want to note to each and every one of you, that God did not leave him on the cross. Last week, we, we, we preached that we don't have to live with a victim mentality because God didn't leave Jesus on the cross and neither did he leave you in your suffering. 
Your suffering may come for a while, but you know, we say weeping may endure for the night, but, but joy is coming in the morning. You're not going to be stuck in your suffering. And I need somebody, somebody needs to hear that this morning. Point at your neighbor and say, you are not going to be stuck in your suffering. Now I need you to say it for yourself. Just lay your hand on your chest and say, I will not be stuck in my suffering. And if I stop preaching right there, somebody almost already got delivered right there. You will not be stuck there, but that is just the situation that you are passing through. That's why David said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for goodness and mercy are with me. And I just came to remind somebody today, you have somebody with you. Your trial is temporary. But I want you to know that he didn't leave him on the cross, but he caused him to go to the grave. And from there, he was resurrected. Now, on this verse one, it says the Sabbath toward the dawn of the first day that the ladies, they went to anoint the body of Jesus. They went to make sure that he was properly cared for, that that everything that they had done for him to prepare him for the tomb had been done properly. They were there to attend to the physical body of our now we know risen savior. So when they get there, here we see the women going to the tomb and their love for him was so great that they wanted to attend to him, not even in death. That's how much they loved Jesus. Now, there were 12 men who followed him, but they weren't there on that day. And for clarity to understand, the verses two through four of our text occur prior to his mother's arrival. And the angel is simply sitting on the stone when they get there. So what was the angel waiting for? Well, the angel was waiting for them. The angel wasn't waiting for Jesus because Jesus was already gone. So the women were the first people to preach the gospel. Uh, let, me, let me talk to some people who are worried about women preachers. <laughs> These women were the first to preach the gospel. What's the gospel? The gospel is the good news. The good news is that Jesus, he's not here. He, he, he's not dead, but he has remnant. And in fact, these women preached the gospel. And guess who their audience first audience was? It was the disciples. So the 12 men that Jesus picked, 11 of them who were still there, because we know Judas was gone, they heard the gospel for the first time from these two women who said, we went to visit Jesus. But I came to tell you, he is not there. He has risen just as he says. Somebody say that's good news. So so they get there, and, and when they get there, they recognize something is strange already. They were probably waiting for an attendant to be present to help them to roll the stone away. But when they arrive on site, they recognize that the stone has already been rolled away. It has already been moved. And, and, and just as I'm telling you, you don't have to live and exist on that cross. You don't have to stay in your suffering. Baby, you don't have to stay behind the stone because the stone has already been rolled. 
See, see, some of you think you have impediments to your success, but my God is able to do all things. There is nothing more powerful than my God. In fact, they say through Christ, we can do all things through Christ that strengthen us. You don't have to be stuck behind the stone because I came to tell you the stone has already been rolled away. And Revelation writer puts it this way. God has already opened a door, set open a door for you that no man can shut. So why are you blaming somebody else on your insufficiencies? You're blaming somebody somebody else on your lack of success, I'm telling you that God has already opened the door. Come on, help me preach it this morning. Touch to your neighbor, point to your neighbor and say, God's already opened the door. You're waiting. I, I, I don't need my supervisor who doesn't like me to open the door. I, I'm not waiting on my haters and enemies to, to open the door for me. I'm not worried about the person who's digging ditches to, to open the door for me. God has already opened the door. The only thing I have to do is walk through the door that God has already opened. And you say, well, I got a closed door in front of me. What do you mean? That means you're at the wrong door. Are you at the right door? And, I, and, and, and I've told Bright Temple before, and I hope you get this in your spirit, I praise God for closed doors because closed doors help lead me to the open door because somebody in here, you don't have to raise your hand, you walked through a door that wasn't for you. Uh, I wish I had help here. This, you, you, you opened a door that was not for you. Some of you walked into a marriage that wasn't for you. You walked into a relationship that wasn't for you. And after you spent all of your time breaking open that door and then he started hitting you upside your head, you're like, oops, I came through the, I wish I would help. I walked in the wrong, I wish I had some folks in here this morning. I walked in the wrong door. So I praise God for closed doors because the closed doors help me recognize that every door is not for me. Every relationship is not for me. Every person is not for me. Every job opportunity is not for me. Every financial opportunity is not for me. So I praise God for closed doors because it helped me find the open door. And you know when God opens the door. The reason you know God opens the door, that's the door that everybody told you you weren't qualified enough You didn't have enough education to get inside that door. You don't have enough experience to get in that door. You haven't been at the company long enough, I wish you would talk to me, to get inside this door. But some way, somehow, God opened the door anyway because he can open a door that no man can shut. And I say that no man can shut because somebody's trying. I wish I had a witness in here. Somebody will try to close your open door. But, 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 but in our text, if you go back to verse 2, it says, And behold, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. Uh, he sat on it. And, and, and when that, 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 that scripture hit me a little different when I read it preparing for this word today is the, the angel Why did he sit on the stone? He sat on the stone just in case somebody tried to roll it back. (laughs) Come in here with me now. Now, What I'm telling you is that when God opens the door, he's going to keep the door open. And he dispatched an angel just in case somebody tried to roll the stone back. 
came to tell somebody, somebody's sitting on your stone. God dispatched an angel on your stone so that when all your enemies try to get together to roll that stone back, that angel said, watch yourself. God has opened this door and you do not have the authority or the power to shut this door that God has opened. Talk to me, Job. The devil said, well, I, I, I think I could get to Job if you would get, let go of the hedge. Let me put it another way. He said, I think I could touch Job if you would remove the angel that's sitting on the stone. I'm trying to roll the stone back, but you got an angel on top of the stone. If I roll it back, I think he'll cuss you to your face. If I roll it back, he won't serve you anymore. He won't praise you anymore. But God said, I can remove the head and he'll keep on praising you because he's been through enough stuff. And I let me talk to a few people that's been through enough storms and you've been through enough trials and God has delivered you from the trial and you've gotten to a place that nobody can turn me around. I've come too far from where I started from and I don't believe don't believe he brought me Point at somebody and say, it took a lot for me to get here. Uh, you don't know my whole story. You don't know everything that I've been through. In fact, when I testify, I leave some stuff out because you're not ready for everything that I've been through. But I came to tell you, it took me a long time. To get where I am, you might not know my whole testimony. There's some dirt that I don't even want to say out loud. I wish I had some real folks in here. You don't, you don't have to raise your hand. But I, there's some stuff I did that, that I don't want anybody else to know. But I praise God that I've been covered. Somebody say I've been covered. I've been covered by the blood. See, and you know where that came from. It came from the Passover. And while the children of Israel were trying to be delivered from Egypt, on the last plague, you know what it said? He told them to put blood on the doorposts. And what I found out later is the doorpost, unlike the rest of the house, was often made of stone. And you know what they used to do with the stone? The children of Israel would put the family name, they would chisel the name in the stone. I want you to get this. I'm talking about some kids who grew up knowing that somebody was praying for you because when they put the blood on the stone, they also put the blood on the name. I thank God that I had some folks in my past that were praying for me when I didn't know how to act right. I, 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 some folks in my past that were on their knees when I wasn't trying to live right, but all they were doing was putting some blood They put some blood on the stone. Somebody say they put blood on my name. And because they put blood on my name, that means I was covered. I was covered by the blood. In fact, the way they did it, it, wasn't, it didn't matter what nationality you were. But if you walked inside the house, to walk inside the house, you had to walk under the blood. They didn't have to believe in God, but every time they walked in the house, they were coming under the blood. And I'm, let me tell you something, that's why as Christians, we get our house christened. We get our house blessed. Because when you put the oil on the doorpost, it doesn't matter who walked in, they're walking under. 
They're walking under the blood. They're walking under the anointing. And what it said is that everybody that walked under the blood in the house was saved. Nobody died that walked under the blood. Nobody died whose name was covered. So I came to tell somebody today you ought to thank God for being covered. I thank God for being covered. And let me tell somebody out there right now, you're saying, I don't want to live right. I, I don't, this Christian stuff, ain't re- I ain't ready for it. I, this whole saved stuff, I'm not there yet. I, I'm not ready to go after Jesus. Well I, well, I came to tell you, Jesus, when he shed his blood, he shed his blood to show his love. And the way he showed his love is by shedding his blood. So that means you don't have to chase after him. But I came to tell somebody, no matter where you are, no matter what you've done, I want you to know the blood is coming after you. How do I know the blood's coming after you? The songwriter said it reaches to the highest mountain. And somebody said it flows to the lowest valley. He said, I know it was the blood that gives me strength because the blood is coming after you. And for those who already saved, let me take you down a notch. It wasn't your own actions that made you saved. But somebody said, by grace, are you saved through faith? That not of works. It is the gift of God. But when you get it in your heart, the way you express it, you say, I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood for me. One day when I was lost, he died. Somebody say he died. He died upon the cross. And I know Somebody point at your neighbor and say, I know it was the blood for me. And I want you to know that for somebody else, I'm finished. Everyone's standing to your feet. Somebody else say, but can I still get in this? Is there an opportunity for me? Well, they, the saints used to sing to me. They said there's room at the cross for you. Point at somebody and say there's room at the cross for you. It said though millions have come, there's still room for one. There is room at the cross for you. And they said there is a fountain filled with blood that was drawn from Emmanuel's vein. It said in sinners plunge beneath the flow. And they say they lose all their guilt and stay. Sharon Page Rose put it this way. We say, she said, you look at the God's miracle laboratory of redemption. <laughs> you say, you think it's, it's something that you have a brown cow that eats green grass and gives white milk. But what about God? He took my black heart. He washed it with his red blood. And I came out whiter. I came out whiter than snow said, I thank God for the blood. I thank God for the blood. God's blood is his symbol of how much he loved me. How much he loved not me, not just me, but each and every one of us. Each and every one of us, he loved so much that he shed his blood for us. And as the, as the team, the praise team was singing, now that's love. That's what love really is. 
And see, the thing about it that really strikes me, that makes me, it makes me weak, makes me cry openly, is that he didn't wait for me to get my life together for him to shed his blood. He didn't wait for that. He shed his blood while I was in the middle of my mess. He, he, he shed his blood while, while I was still doing wrong. And the worst thing is, I knew to do better. But I was still doing wrong. But yet, even before I got my life together, God shed his blood for me. That's how much he loved me. And I came to tell somebody today, it doesn't matter how far you've gone. Doesn't matter where you are. God still loves you. We always tell the story of the, of the prodigal son, and I always tell it this way, is that we know the prodigal son's father was waiting for him when he decided to come back. But I often say I believe that the prodigal son's father, that every day that his son was gone, he just stood at the end of the road with his arms open. He was waiting for him to come back home. And I came to tell somebody, no matter how far you go away, you know where home is. No matter what you've done, you know where home is. No matter what people have convinced you to do, you ought to know where home is. And I came to tell you, God's arms are wide open. They're waiting for you. He wants you to come back home. He wants you to come back home. Put those hands together and give God some praise on this morning. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word on this morning. Lord, we thank you for your reminder, Lord, that no matter how far we go, Lord, that you died for each and every one of us. You shed your blood for us that we might be clean, that we might have the right to eternal life with you. And Lord, on today, we just want to say thank you. Lord, we just want to give you the glory. We want to give you the honor. We want to give you the praise. And most of all, Lord, we want to open our hearts and our minds to you to let you know that, Lord, we want to come back home. Why don't you pray this prayer with me? Why don't you lift up those hands and pray this prayer with me? Say, Lord, I am a sinner. I have fallen short of your glory. And I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry for all of my sin. Please forgive me. Lord, I need you to wash my heart. Wash my mind. Wash me all over, Lord. Create within me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Lord, I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ was crucified. He died and was buried, but rose again with all power in his hand. And today, I claim him as my Savior and my Lord. Jesus, come into my heart and I'll make you my Savior and my Lord. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise. You said that prayer by faith. You said it with true commitment in your heart that you are saved. You are saved. 
you are saved. For those of you who've been watching us virtually, we praise God for you. We pray that you allow Christ to take control of your heart until we shall see you again. I hope and pray that each of you were touched and inspired by our service today. If you wish to partner with us, you can do so by Giveify. Download the app on Apple Store or Google Play and search for Bright Temple. If you wish to partner with us on Cash App, just look for Bright Temple in the two line. And in the four line, tell us the purpose of your gift. If you would rather mail your gift, you can mail us at Bright Temple, Post Office Box 453, Shelbyville, Tennessee, 37162. Thanks in advance for your generosity, and we pray God's blessings on you and your gift.